Hey, today we're looking once again into the 142nd division of the psalm, Psalm 142, and we're going to read verse number 4 to get us started this morning. It's the psalm of David, and David is crying out in agony and anguish, and David says, I look, I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit. What happens to me? Oh, dear God, I just pray today, Lord, that not one person will leave this room this morning that could say what David said. But I pray that they will feel the care from us and from you today. God, I pray again the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message and upon the messenger. Lord, I just pray that you'll help me to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit throughout the message. God, I just pray you'll give us ears to hear your word this morning. And Father, may we make application of your word that we receive today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Hey, you may be reseated this morning. Well, today we continue our series that is entitled, Who Cares? Who Cares? Now, this is a question that David asked in our scripture for today. But it's also a question that no doubt every single one of us have asked at one time or another in our life. For the past two Sundays, I've endeavored to answer the question that we are asking. First of all, we began by asking the question, who cares? And that first answer was, he does. He does. Jesus cares. In that message, we talked about the fact that Jesus cared enough to cry, and Jesus cared enough to die. He cared enough to experience all of the pain and all of the problems and all of the perplexities of man. Literally, the Son of God became the Son of Man. Literally, God came down from heaven and walked on earth in the shoes of man. The Bible says that then Jesus took the penalty for man's sins on the old rugged cross. Who cares? He cares. Who cares, you ask? Not only does he care, but we do. We Look around this morning. We care. The fact of the matter is, our vision statement here at the Grace Place is caring people, caring for people. Never heard that before? Ever been to a service you did not hear that? See, see we care by design. We, we care on purpose. We are intentional about Caring. Fact of the matter is, caring is the number one key ingredient in our DNA. Let me suggest, first of all, we care because we've been cared for. How many has ever been cared for? Yeah, we care because we've been cared for. And we care because we've been commissioned to. And we care because Jesus has captured our heart. See, we care about what He cares about. And you might say, well, pastor, what does Jesus care about? Well, the Bible says that he cares most about the poor and about the people who cannot care for themselves. Jesus said to go after the poor. He said, go after the handicapped. Jesus said, go after the blind and go after the lame. And Jesus said that if you will pursue the poor and the handicapped and the blind and the lame, Jesus said, you will be blessed. 
And in the book of James, James writes, and James writes, and he says this, he says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God means caring for orphans and for true biblical widows. Now, now, just because a lady's husband is dead, that doesn't make her a true biblical widow. We covered that last Sunday. I encourage you to go online and listen if you didn't uh, hear those qualifications. Mostly widows who have, been, who have no other family members to care for. Oh, who cares? He does and we do. The question that I am asking today is, will you? Yes, we are caring people, caring for people, but, but, but are you? Are, is that just, you know, just a motto? Is that just our vision statement? Or, or, or does that actually apply to you? The question I'm asking today is, will you? Will you care? Will you care about what he cares about? Will you care for the poor? Will you care for the people who cannot care for themselves? Well, today I'm going to ask you three personal and very pointed questions about caring. The first question that I have for you this morning about caring is this, and that is, will you care enough to offer an invitation? Will you care enough to offer an invitation? Let me ask you this this morning. Will you invite people into your life? Let me ask you this question this morning. Is your life open or is it closed to people? Let me ask you this this morning. Is your life only open to certain types of people? You know, people that are of your own race or people that are of your own social status or or, or people uh, only of your personal political party? People who look and act and believe exactly like you. Is that all you're open to? But what about what Jesus said? What about what Jesus said? Jesus said the whole or the healthy don't need a physician. Let me ask you this this morning. How can we reach people we're not open to? How can we help people if we are only open to people who don't really need help? Will you care enough to offer an invitation? Will you invite people into your life? While I'm here, let me just give you a little side note here. Are you a member of a C group? We talked about that in the announcements. This is first Sunday. Are you a member of a, of a C group? Let me ask you this. Could you possibly lead a C group? See, see, we endeavor to care for our people through C groups. We're caring people, caring for people, but the way we care for people at the Grace Place is through C groups. Remember the story when Jesus fed the 5,000? Remember, they had been there all day long, and they were, there was this mass of people. Here was this huge crowd, and they had been there all day, and Jesus evidently was a long-winded preacher because he had pre- preached all day long, and, and they were hungry when Jesus was finished, was finished preaching, and, and Jesus knew that he needed to feed them. But of something else Jesus knew, and that was Jesus knew he couldn't care for them as a crowd. He knew there was no way that him being one single person could care for all of this crowd of 5,000 families. So what did he do? What did he do? The Bible says that he broke them down into smaller groups. And then after he had them broken down into smaller groups, then the Bible said that Jesus used his 12 disciples to care for them. 
Well, we have about eight or 900 people who say that they come to the Grace Place. About 500 is an actual attendance on a good Sunday morning. But listen, there's no way that one pastor can serve eight or 900 people. There's no way that even one staff can care, can care personally for all of those people. And that's why, that's why we have taken the crowd and we've broken them down into groups. And we have put people over these people to help make sure that everybody is cared for. Well, pastor doesn't care for me anymore like he did, used to. No, I care for you more than I've ever cared for you in my life. And I know because I do care for you, I know I can't minister to 900 people. So we are going to equip, even as the Bible says, we are going to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Will you invite people into your life? This next Sunday, we're going to be focusing on orphan care. How many, who does that? When's the last time you've heard a sermon preached about orphans? I want to tell you that the church has dropped the ball in the area of orphan care. We've left it to the state. It was never the state's job. It was the church's job. In fact, James said, he said, if you want to know who the spiritual people are, he said, don't look for the people that are speaking in tongues. He said, don't look for people that are exercising the spiritual gifts. He said, if you want to find out what true religion is, if you want to know what, what, who, who people are that really are spiritual, you find the people that are taking care of the people that can't take care of themselves. They are the ones that are practicing true religion. They are the ones that are fulfilling the call of God. They are the ones that are spiritual. This next Sunday, we're going to focus on orphan care. These are people who cannot care for themselves. These are little peoples. Little peoples who, listen to me, let this, let this grab a hold of you this morning. Let this grip your heart this morning. These are, these are little peoples who, through no fault of their own, have had to trade their parents for a program. Think about this, that this morning. They've had, through no fault of their own, they've had to trade their parents for a program. May I tell you that God never designed children to be parented by a program. Children need people, not a program. And lay it, may I say this this morning, let me put a little pastoral pressure on you. Don't you dare stay home next week saying, this doesn't apply to me. It's going to be about orphan care. Well, this is a good week for me to stay home, a good week for me to play golf or go fishing, or it's a good week for me to sleep in. This, don't you dare stay home next Sunday saying, this doesn't apply to me. Oh, you know, I can't take kids into my home at this stage in my life. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Hear me this morning. Listen, not everybody can take kids into their home. Not everybody can become a foster parent. Some can. Some can, and I'm believing, God, that there's going to be families, even though we, are, we already have. But I'm, I'm believing there's going to be others. We're going to have, have some families that are literally, literally going to become full-time foster parents, literally bringing children into their home and being their foster parent. Well, a lot of people can't do that. Some can then become respite caretakers. A respite caretaker is like a, like a babysitter for foster children. Let me tell you the greatest gift, the greatest gift that we can give to foster parents is become respite caregivers. In order to give them a break, maybe it's two hours on a Friday night for a date, maybe it's a weekend, maybe it's a couple of days, or whatever that you're qualified for, but what an incredible, unbelievable blessing it is to these foster parents if they've got someone to help them in their journey. Well, maybe you can't do either of those, but you can give some money to fund orphan care. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. 
Oh, maybe you can give emotional support, and I'm going to talk much about that in just a few moments. Listen, the list is endless. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can support orphan care in some way. It might be in a big way. It might be a small way. But every single one of us can be involved in orphan care. Jesus commissioned you to do it. James said it's the true mark of spirituality. So I ask you this morning, will you care enough to offer an invitation? Will you invite people into your life? Let me ask this question this morning. Will you invite problems into your life? You say, Pastor, what kind of question is that? An honest one? See, we're not going to try and sneak into your house and tell you something that's not. Listen, listen. People come with problems. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a problem. Yeah, you're a problem. See, the truth is, when we open up our life to people, we open up our life to problems. Because all of us have baggage. Every single one of us here this morning, we all have baggage. Some have a little overnight bag. And some have a whole set of luggage. And it's filled with problems. Don't be naive. Don't don't be naive. Once upon a time, and they lived happily ever after is a fairy tale. If you open up, if you open yourself up to people, you open yourself up to problems. But listen, listen to me this morning. It's the right thing to do. It's, It's the godly thing to do. It's what Jesus did for us. Three questions I have for you this morning. The first question is: will you care enough to offer an invitation? Second question I have for you this morning is this. Will you care enough to get involved? See, everybody has good intentions. See, all of these empty chairs today, people intended to be here to fill those seats. Everyone has good intentions. And everyone has a plan. Someday. Someday. Hey, understand this. Words are meaningful. Would you agree? Words are Meaningful. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, the tongue has the power to bring life or death. Did you hear what the wisdom writer said? He said said that, that the tongue is so powerful, it has power to bring either life or death. Words are meaningful. Words are are powerful. Oh, oh, I wish I could talk about the tongue and talk about our words every single Sunday. Be careful with your words. Be careful with your words. We're so flippant with our words. We just say whatever is on our mind and we say, well, that's just me. Well, if that's just you, you need to change. Watch your words. Be careful with your words. Guard your words. The psalmist said, oh God, set a watch over my mouth. If we only understood, oh, oh, listen, words can hurt or words can heal. They can soothe or they can sting. Oh, they have the power to build up or they have the power to tear down. As I was 
writing this message this week, I began to think about the foster child. And I began to think, can you even imagine, can you even imagine some of the words that orphans and foster children have had to endure? First of all, from their own children, their own peers. How many know children? Children can be mean. I'm not proud of this, and I hate to admit it, but I remember when I was a kid in grade school, I, I, I chimed in just like everybody else did. I did. I'm not proud of it. Oh, if I could take it back, I would. I wish I could. But I think of some of the things that I said, just, you know, being a parent, just saying what everybody else was saying to Kids can be mean. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, it's, it's, it's bad enough just being a kid in a regular home, but can you imagine that kid that's in some kind of a, you know, put-together home or foster home or what? Can you imagine the words they had to endure? I say, what if these kids had some loving, kind, sincerely interested people speaking into their life? What if you, you couldn't take a foster kid into your home, but you could be a positive role model for them? That's why Royal Rangers and Girls Ministry is so important. That's why it's so important, Royal Ranger leader and girls ministry leader, that, that you, you know, that, that, that you're prepared when those kids get there on Wednesday night. And you pour into them, but you love on those kids. You speak life to those kids. And, and, and then you be at church on Sunday where they can see you. You go find them on Sunday. Amen. Oh. What if you sought, what if you, what if you could be a positive influence? What if you sought them out at church, always made sure to encourage them, always, always speak words of life to them? Maybe, maybe you could even be like a grandma or a grandpa to them. Maybe you could give them a small gift every once in a while. Maybe, maybe you could place a Hamilton or a Jackson in their hand every now and then. What if you became respite care? What if you took them to Six Flags? What if you took them to a Rangers game? Oh, listen to me this morning. Listen, words are meaningful, but words are meaningless without appropriate action. James 2, verse 14 through 16, James says, he says, what good is it if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? He goes on to say, suppose you see someone who, who doesn't have any food or clothing and, and you say to them, hey, be warmed and eat well, but you don't give them any food or clothing. James said, what good does that do? Yeah, words are meaningless without appropriate Action. Listen, listen to me this morning. When it comes to orphans at the Grace Place, we're going to stand up for them next Sunday morning. We're calling Stand Sunday. And we are going to stand for those that cannot stand for themselves. We are going to care for those who cannot care for themselves. Yeah, when it comes to orphan care, we're not just going to talk the talk, but we're also going to walk the walk. Who cares? Who cares? Oh, oh, who will care for the fatherless? Who will care for the homeless? Oh, today I'm asking, will you? Will you? Will you care enough to offer an invitation? 
Will you care enough to get involved? And the third question I have for you this morning is, will you care enough to invest? Will you care enough to invest? First of all, will you invest your time? Because somebody said, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. I love what Franklin Delano Roosevelt said. He said, he said, we may not be able to build a future for our kids, but we can build our kids for the future. Wow. Do you, do you care enough to invest some of your time into people who cannot care for themselves? Do you care enough to help mold them, mold them so their future won't match the statistics of foster kids? Will you care? Will you care? Will you care enough to invest your time, your talents? I don't know what your talents are, but maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're a teacher. Could, maybe you could volunteer. Maybe you could, you could donate. Maybe you could tutor a foster child. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. You're not just tutoring them in science and math. No, you're tutoring them in Jesus. Maybe you could teach an older foster kid a trade. See, see what most people don't understand that is, kids in foster care are totally supported until they turn their 18th birthday. On their 18th birthday, a foster child is literally kicked out of the house. The system works no longer for them. And most people that are fostering kids, when they reach, when they reach that 18th birthday, the state don't give them any more money. And because the state don't give them any more money, they kick them out. Instead of a birthday party, they get a birthday kick. Literally. You've heard the story. You might even hear it next Sunday, but I've, it's just in my heart, and maybe somebody will not heard it and will not hear it next Sunday. But Matthew Barnett at the Dream Center out in Los Angeles, I believe it was him. They do incredible street ministry downtown Los Angeles, and he kept seeing this van pull up and these kids leaving the van. Ever so often, he sees this white van pull up and these kids. And he's thinking, who in the world would let kids off down here? Dangerous, bad place. And one day he walked up to the van and he knocked on the door. And he said, I, I see you coming quite often. And you are always got a van load of kids and you always let them out. What's going on? He said, sir, he said, these are foster kids that have just reached their 18th birthday. And nobody cares anymore. Nobody, there's no money take care of them, and they are just thrown out on the streets on their 18th birthday. I don't know what your trade is, but maybe, maybe some kid that's 16, 17 years old, what if you, what if you said, you know what, I want to I help this kid. I don't want him to become a statistic. Oh, and it's not really good. He doesn't have a really good chance of going to college. What if I took him under my wing? What if I taught him my trade so that when he turns 18, he won't be on the streets. He won't end up in the state pen, but he'll be able to take care of himself. Maybe you could... Teach a child the things that their mom or the dad would teach them about becoming a man or a woman. If only, if only what? If only they had a mom. If only they had a dad. 
A little side note here again. Speaking of investing our talents, Ricky Lewis leads a C group called Handyman Ministry. This group does odd jobs for people uh, who can't physically do them and can't afford to hire them done. Wow, what an incredibly caring ministry this is. Maybe you have some time and some skill. Maybe you would like to be a part of this incredible C group, C Ricky after service. If you don't know who Ricky is, uh, you can see one of the staff members. We can point you to him. The question today is who cares? The question is will you? Will you care enough to invest? Will you care enough to invest your time? Will you care enough to invest your talent? And yes, it's coming. Will you care enough to invest your treasure? Your treasure. Understand this. Write this down. Some give by doing. And some do by giving. Some give by doing, and some do by giving. And the truth of the matter is we need both. We need both. We need people that are willing to step up and say, yes, I'll be a foster parent, or I'll be respite care, or yes, yes, I will help out. Yes, I will, I will be a hero to that child. Yes, I'll adopt them as a grandchild. And I'll, yes, yes, I can do these things, or, or, or whatever that you can do. Or, or, or you could step up and say, you know what, I can't do any of these things, but I can, I can invest some of my money. I can invest some of my finances into this incredible, incredible ministry. Recently, I made a commitment from our church to Family First. Family First is our district, Assemblies of God, orphan care ministry. And the financial commitment that I made for our church was $10,000. Turn to your neighbor and say, 10 G's. But let me tell you the good news about the 10 G's. This 10,000 we gave to Family First, they took that, and this is the reason why we did it, but they took it and they invested it in a fundraiser for this ministry, and our $10,000 investment raised, are you ready? It raised over $200,000 for ministry. This is the second year we did it. Last year we invested $10,000 into this fundraising event. They took our $10,000 and they held this event and they raised $150,000 this year. This year they took our $10,000. They had the event and raised $200,000. Who knows what it's going to grow to in, in, in the future. How many, how many of you think that's good business? How many of you are glad you got a good businessman as the CEO and pastor of your church? Amen. Excuse my humility there. Well, listen, the thing, of the thing is, is that it's now time to pay the 10000 Time to pay the 10000 Next Sunday, we're going to receive a special offering, and I only need $10,000. Can't come out of your tithe. Can't come out of regular operating experiences. I need $10,000 next Sunday in a special offering. I've already committed it. So if you don't want your, your pastor in jail, well, I bet you shouldn't say that. Some of you would not give just to get me in jail. Amen. <laughs> pastor, 10000 Well, listen, may I remind you, just a few short weeks ago, amen, we gathered up $20,000 for one special event. The money is there. Like I love to say, love to say I've got good news and i got bad news. The good news is we already have the $10,000. The bad news is it's still in your pocket. I'm going to make it even easier. My wife and I will give the first thousand, so now I only need nine thousand. Amen. 
Please come prepared to give next Sunday. Don't you dare stay home. And it's awesome to be a part of, of a church that's literally making an impact, literally seeing lives change. Can you imagine the change that can take place in these little kids' hearts? Oh, if they get in a family, oh, that will love them and care for them. If they get in an environment like this church where people will make them their grandchildren and love on them and care for them and speak words of life over their life and in their life. Can you imagine what, a, what an incredible impact we could have? We're going to stand up for the orphan. We understand that words are meaningless without appropriate action. We care enough to invest. We care enough to invest our time, our talent, and yes, our treasure. Who cares, you ask? He does. And aren't you glad that he does? Aren't you glad Jesus loved you enough, amen, that he gave his life for you? Who cares? He does. Who cares? We do. Yes, this is a caring church. And yes, we do care. But the question today is, will you? Are you depending on that person to your right or your left or in front or your back? Or will you? Have, have, have you bought into the vision? Have you captured our heart? Are you caring people? Caring for people? Will you care? Will you care? If I can get some help on the platform this morning, please. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. Life can get messy when you choose to care for people. Life can get messy when you choose to care for people. Why? Because people are a mess. People are a mess. Oh, you ain't fooling me this morning. You look there, you're all dressed up and... Or, you know, all, you know, the latest style, you know, whether that's dressing up or dressing down, whatever it is to you. And you got your swagger on, you know. You got your Sunday smile on, your Sunday best. You got the Christianese words going, man. You ain't fooling me. I know you. You're a mess. I didn't expect to have a Jericho march after that. (laughs) You're a mess. And so am I. I'm going to tell you something. We get involved with people, it becomes messy. Children's ministry can become messy when you start putting some kids in children's ministry that don't have the same parents, don't have the same values, don't have the same foundation. It can get messy in youth when these non-Christian kids start coming to church and, you know, they don't know Some of those four-letter words we don't use. Some of our own kids need to know we don't use those four-letter words. Yeah, life can get messy when you choose to care for people. But here's something else I know, and that is life can be pretty miserable when you have no one to care for. It can be very messy with people, but it can be very miserable when you don't have someone to care for. And some of the greatest fulfillment you'll ever find in your life is when you begin to, begin to minister and care for messy people and begin to watch them grow and watch them change and watch them, their lives be impacted. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray you'll take this word this morning. Oh, God, let the word this morning have the effect that, Lord, that it is your intention it to have today in Jesus name